today on Ag News Daily. Equipment Mobile is an app that, you know, is really for those folks that are looking to manage the relationship between them and their equipment, keep their equipment happy, right? Happy equipment, happy life. Happy Valentine's Day, Ag News Daily audience. Welcome back. We're sitting here February 14th, 2024. And we brought a special guest with me today, Delaney. That's right. Your special Valentine's Day guest. (laughs) It's about the way it's going to be out here in uh, Tulare, California. We certainly don't have uh, our true Valentine's with us. So the next best thing is uh, Mr. Corn, Pork and Beans, Corey Hillebo. What's going on? Corey, I'm curious, how is the World Ag Expo? Is it everything you expected? Uh, it is. We haven't got to see much of it yet. We plan to do more of that today. But uh, yeah, we're going we're to get around. This is a, a very, very diverse agriculture experience. What is the coolest thing you've gotten to see so far? Uh, probably nothing at the show yet. It's just all of the different crops. And I want to know every different tree and shrub and crop that we, that we walk by or drive by. Well, very cool. We're going to be excited to hear more of your experience at the show. And you've got some breaking headlines to bring our listeners. Yes. Yeah, right? Late breaking news from Tulare, California at the World Ag Expo. Tanner Winterhoff still doesn't know how to park. That's, <laughs> that's my news. So I'm going to let you guys go. And uh, yeah, have a good good news session. Well, thank you. Have a good rest of your show. I'll be eager Bye. to hear more. Tanner, that was fun to have a little special guest on there, especially because he was a guest picking on you. I love that. That was my Valentine's Day present, I think. Uh, yes, it's about as good as I can do on short notice. Uh, maybe tomorrow we get Mr. Whitaker on here to say only nice things about me <laughs> and uh, give you a show update as well but uh, let's jump into the weather starting off we do have winter weather for montana and south dakota minnesota and wisconsin according to the national weather service looking at up to eight inches of snow in montana that could last into friday heaviest snow is expected tomorrow southeastern south dakota southwestern minnesota four to eight inches of snow and that winter storm will go in through the weekend of course travel is going to be unadvised in those areas out here Tulare, we have uh, current temperatures are 42 degrees. Got a chance of rain late this evening, but should be a beautiful 60 degree day out here in California. Yes, well, it's not going to be here in Iowa, so I am quite jealous of all the nice weather you're having because it's supposed to start snowing here, as you mentioned, in the Midwest. And this afternoon, tonight, into the evening, we're going to get some snowfall, it sounds like, here in Iowa, and that's going to head eastward. So a nice Valentine's Day. Get your walks in, get outside, because then it's going to be coming at you with some snow, it sounds like, Tanner. Yeah, that's exactly right. Just got a quick headline that I saw pop in. Chicken production and consumption in China for 2024 is likely to decline, creating the third year of declining consumption. USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service says the output seen by the agency says Beijing at about 13.9 million metric tons this year, down from 14.8 and 15.3 the year before that. Consumption being pegged down almost 15 million, or down from almost 15 million, two years ago is not a great sign for poultry producers. However, the market could remain strong, Delaney, because of all of the bird flu articles that you've been reporting on. Prices and pressure could be carried forward into this year. Of course, avian influenza 
if it wreaks havoc and hold prices a little bit stronger. However, like a lot of the headlines here, the economic headwinds are going to be stiff, Delaney. Yeah, they certainly are. And, you know, definitely no feed is just the continued shrinkage of number of farms in the United States. We officially got the 2022 U.S. Ag Census as of yesterday afternoon. We saw the USDA release that Tanner and it comes as no surprise, I think, to anyone, but the number of farms in the U.S. between the years of 2017 and 2022 continued to decline. The U.S. lost a total of about 101, just shy of 142,000 farms, or roughly 7% of U.S. farms went away during the last five years, according to the census. But inventories remained relatively stable. We saw a loss of about 30 for. 34% of dairy farms, 8.5% of hog farms, 7% of beef cattle farms, and 12% of our feedlots. Since 2022, or excuse me, since 2002, we've lost 61% of our U.S. dairy farms in total, Tanner. That's the most shocking number there. But also 72% of our feedlots. We're continuing to see the largest farms accounted for fewer than 1% of all farms in the United States. These are farms with more than $5 million in sales, but that one less than 1% of all farms accounted for 42% of total farm income. We also saw staggeringly, Tanner, that the number of U.S. farmers is the smallest number of U.S. farms since 1850. So that was a little shocking to see there as we're at now 1.9 million farms, according to the latest U.S. Ag Census survey. And the age of the U.S. farmer continues to increase. Nearly four of every 10 farmers were over the age of 65 in 2022 when the data was collected. So this is certainly some of the greatest farm consolidation we have seen since the Great Depression when there were 6.8 million farms in the United States, Tanner. Yeah, I saw that as well. And as you look at the number of dairies that are shrinking, it's fascinating out here at this World Ag Expo, the number of vendors here that service the dairy industry with very specialized equipment that could have a much larger economic impact than just those dairy farmers. Staying on the economic headlines, USDA is again, as we've reported many times, focused on dropped net farm incomes as well as gross domestic product sales forecasted for 2024. Tanner Emke, one of their economists with USDA, said, though, that there are three potential reasons we could see commodity prices go back up. As he's quoted, he says, we're always just one bad crop away from commodity prices coming up again. Of course, the USDA's production projection right now is not for that, it's for another trend line yielding year. Also stated, there are things in the geopolitical world that could drive demand back to the United States. We could see how foreign relationships, presidential and leader elections, both within the U.S. borders and others, that could drive demand back for U.S. products themselves. And of course, the U.S. dollar weakening. If there is a weakening dollar this year, it could put a stronger floor underneath the commodity prices as it right now, but all those things are something uh, that doesn't have super high odds, according to his discussion. And of course, we got some news overnight as wheat futures plunged 
I'm sure you will report on uh, where those prices are looking to open this morning. But there is a potential increase for exports from Russia, as we might see an end coming near for the Russia-Ukraine battle as negotiations are starting to ramp up. So that uh, could be interesting to see how that shakes out, Delaney. Oh, I, I had not heard that those negotiations were ramping up. So I'm sure that that will have an impact here on wheat futures. Absolutely. Could be part of the reason we're seeing that impact today, Tanner. Yeah, certainly could. I don't know uh, the definition of ramping up, according to the headlines, mm-hmm. but at least they are starting. Well, we know that California has implemented their Proposition 12 that went into effect last year and has uh, definitely impacted the pork industry. But Massachusetts has some similar regulations that went into effect last year, but have had some recent updates here. After seven, nearly seven years after voters approved a framework that's very similar to Proposition 12 that would ban the sale of pork housed in two cramped conditions. It went into effect late last year. Well, this week we saw a U.S. district judge has concluded that a portion of that Massachusetts law that bans the sale of pork if held in a confined space is unconstitutional, just a portion of the law. The part that's going to remain in effect is the portion that says that pigs must not be sold in the state of Massachusetts if they were in a confined space. The part that was found unconstitutional was a portion of the law, which is called the Prevention of Farm Cruelty, Farm Animal Cruelty Act. The portion that was found unconstitutional by a judge was pointed out after a lawsuit was brought forth by pork producer Triumph Foods and other pig farmers from out of state. The law states currently that a farm owner or operator within the Commonwealth of Massachusetts can't have pigs in a confined manner. They have to be able to stand up when breeding. They have to be able to fully lie down, fully extend their limbs, etc. Very similar to the California law. The portion of the law that was different, however, and now found unconstitutional, is that Massachusetts actually allowed processors to process pork that did not meet those same confinement uh, requirements. As long as buyers took possession of the pork while on the premise, they were allowed to continue to process the foods. And Triumph Foods has claimed that this part of the law was unconstitutional because it discriminates against the nearly 100 out-of-state federally inspected slaughterhouses and encourages purchasers to just focus on those that are within the state or close. So purchases purchases of pork would likely not go get their product because they would be required to travel out of state to find locations that did not meet those confinement requirings requirements. But as long as they purchased that pork on premise, they were able to still process it in a regular slaughterhouse facility and would somehow follow along with the same set of regulations as those that were raised in those confinement uh, strict settings, Tanner. So interesting there, uh, the U.S. District Court judge has recommended that they sever the law so that it basically just removes that portion that he has ruled unconstitutional there. And we're seeing Massachusetts follow very similar suit to California all in all. Yeah, interesting there. It could be a mini win or maybe the beginning of some momentum. 
for producers. There could be some momentum in regards to fertilizer prices for 2024. So my last headline today is talking about the mixed bag of fertilizer prices. Of course, in 2022, we saw record high prices fueled by strong demand and strong commodity prices, as well as Chinese restrictions and the Russian-Ukraine war. But since then, fertilizer prices have been falling. The USDA is expecting the cost to continue to fall throughout 2024. But the key areas of uncertainty is the same that we have as reported on where commodity prices could increase. Delaney, geopolitical conflict, ongoing export restrictions imposed by China, natural gas prices, the war between Russia and Ukraine. And those pieces of uncertainty could drive fertilizer markets to be fairly volatile. Adding uncertainty is more now with this conflict going on outside of the U.S. border. Israel is a major exporter of potash. So the war in Gaza does potentially appear to have lasting effects on that fertilizer category. A second area of uncertainty, of course, is those Chinese trade restrictions. The export restrictions on fertilizers uh, was to protect their domestic supply. It's unclear whether they will continue those current restrictions or if they will impose further restrictions for 2024. And of course, net gas prices are expected to go up in the short-term energy outlook put out by the U.S. Energy Information Administration. And we'll continue to keep an eye on that. Of course, gas prices could fly up uh, depending upon where reserves are tapped into. The USDA, however, is projecting lower chemical costs in 2024 and seed costs are expected to be higher. So when you look at the inputs, Delaney, it appears to be a true mixed bag. When production costs are going to get balanced out as far as predictions go, it'll be interesting to see where net farm income comes to play. But that's what I've got today for headlines. Well, it certainly is a mixed bag here for the markets as well. We're seeing some red on the screen, I guess, for Valentine's Day, Tanner. Here at the midday, March corn is down five and a half cents at four twenty-five and a quarter. March soybeans down three pennies on the board at eleven eighty-three and a half. March Chicago wheat today down twelve and a quarter cents at five eighty-five and a quarter. Hard red March winter wheat down eight cents at five eighty-six and a half, and March spring wheat down seven and three quarter cents at six sixty-four. Taking a look at the livestock complex this morning, April live cattle down a dollar oh seven at a buck eighty-four. March feeder cattle down two sixty at two forty-five forty, and April lean hogs up three sixty today at eighty-four sixty-seven and a half. Tanner, I'm very excited. We have a very short but special Valentine's Day conversation that you guys there in Tulare brought our listeners for Valentine's Day today. So let's turn it over to that conversation. Here we go. Well, guys, we're here on Valentine's Day, and we are not here with our Valentines. No. But Kayleen, I think, has a solution for this. What do you got? Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about maybe a dating app from John Deere. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Just kidding. They bought Farmers Only? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, even better. (laughs) Even better. We have John Deere Equipment Mobile. So uh, Equipment Mobile is an app that, you know, is really for those folks that are looking to manage the relationship between them and their equipment, keep their equipment happy, right? How does that go? You got to buy them flowers too. Happy equipment, happy life. Yeah. (laughs) Happy tractor, happy farm. Yes, yes. And so... uh, anything from maintenance plans and parts orderings and optimization guides it it's got it all and 
and you know an operator that maybe doesn't necessarily want to use operations center because they're not managing an operation. It's really about them and that that seat they're sitting in all season. That this is this is the app for them. So it it won't warn me about having to stop and buy flowers or chocolates or yell at me for not unloading. Just lots the, of loot. It's just lots of. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> okay. So what did you say it was called? Equipment Mobile. Equipment Mobile. How do I find it? Yeah. Go to uh, the app, any any app store. Okay. And yes, if you're here at the show, of course, come by and we've we've got you can scan it and download it and we'll get your equipment set up and we can we can get that that part out of the way as well. Does it work with my old equipment or just new? It equipment? does. Yes. Yes. Add any of your equipment. You can even add your non John Deere equipment. I oh, <laughs> oh, you, you, you know, you might have to create more of your maintenance plan versus that that automatic sure. factory plan that Deere can provide. But it, you can manage that all in one location. So what have you guys seen that this, this solves? What does this prevent? Downtime. Yep. Right? Well, you're sitting, you're sitting in that seat, and you have your equipment added. Hey, I, it looks like I'm going to need a filter. I can go ahead and go in and click and make sure, really, honestly, I have the right part that fits the yep. first time around, and I can get that here at the yeah. end of the day without having to make an extra phone call. You yeah. know, I did that the other day. I told my brother-in-law what oil filter I needed, and I was uh, one digit off, and the filter was not correct, so we had to go back to town and pick up the right one. Yeah, yeah. I was on the phone with you. You're like, if I don't change this, no one else is going to. But maybe if the other guys had this app, they would have known. They would have known. Changed oil. Yeah. 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 You yeah. also heard me very frustrated when I realized it was the wrong oil filter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even things like how do, how do I do some of the jobs that I need to do? How can I best use this equipment, whether I'm planting, whether I'm in the combine? There's, there's a lot of different guides in there that just make sure you're, you're starting off with the right step and you're, you're keeping your equipment happy. Yep. I, I think this is a great thing because the current way that we've done it on the farm is, you know, we buy a tractor or combine or whatever. We print off a sheet from John Deere oh. that shows all the, you know, filters so you have it. Right. right. But then... You don't have that sheet with you everywhere. No. Nope. Nope. And, and now you're gonna spill coffee on that sheet. Yeah. You're gonna you're going. It's gonna end up on the floor. <laughs> I actually boards. have it laminated on the oil filter shelf. But yeah. seriously, it's so redundant. And then okay, I need to order filters from John Deere. Right. Well, then you go to the sheet and you start making your list. Now you just got it all in the palm of your hand. Yeah, it's something you have to remember at the end of the day. Versus you can do it while you're while you're doing whatever else you're doing yeah. as well. I was gonna yeah. say, have you ever had cattle tags on the keychains? I've, I've seen, seen I've seen guys put kettle tags and put what filter number yeah. is and oh. how many hours it was but serviced this at. Will be way so is this like that. connecting like if you are using the John Deere Operations Center and all that kind of stuff? Do you know how many hours are on yes. the tractor and all that? It's like yes. hey, it's time to do it. There's order filters, whatever. If you if you have a modem, if you are quote unquote connected yeah. already, yeah. Uh, you get some extra benefit there in, in knowing some of the actual fuel levels and hours, that type of thing. But if not, you still get a get a darn good value out of it just with the maintenance plans and some of those guides and making sure you're <laughs> so is this just for the big boys or is this like we're we're sitting next to the one series and the two and three series right over here. Are they are are the small guys do they have modems? Yeah. Well we, there's modems ac- across the board for the most part, okay. right? And some of that is just changing every day where we're, we're expanding that that availability. Um, it's also those modems that go with that where they're retrofitable. 
Oh. So you don't have to have oh. a new piece of equipment to use this app. You don't have to have a new piece of equipment to get that extra connected value in, in some of those features that, that come along with it. You can you can throw it on an older piece of equipment and even a non-deer I've piece seen of guys equipment. put them in semis. And then when you're doing harvest and stuff, oh, yeah, you, you, know, track. you yeah. know where your trucks are and all that kind of stuff. Yes. And you can kind of plan a little you easier. Put them on your kids' uh, prom <laughs> dates vehicle. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yep. Yep. Hey, yep. Little, little Johnny, I need you to show up an hour or before yeah. you need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get you connected. Do you like John Deere? I want you, me to. You want to be connected to my daughter. <laughs> this is how we get connected. Ankle bracelet, modem. <laughs> modem, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I love this. I I'm glad that you shared this with us because a lot of our listeners, a lot of the listeners out there know about the Op Center and what benefits that has to offer. But did you guys know this even existed? I did not, no. Yes, yeah. I think really uh, meet your new equipment manager. Yeah. That's when right. did this came, come about? We have had Equipment Mobile for some years now. Some some of our audience might be familiar with the Plus apps that we had, like Sprayer Plus yes. and, and some of those. We are consolidating those into one one centralized location. Oh, gotcha. So it's not just maintenance. You'll have your sprayer tips and all that, yeah. all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Dave can get his planter yeah. information. Yep, mobile row unit runoff. Yep. And wow. really just depending on what piece of equipment is, there's, of course, going to be different things that apply to that. We started into this just making a joke about connecting to your equipment in Valentine's Day. I didn't expect it to be this deep and this valuable. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That was good. So remind our listeners, what is the app called again? Equipment Mobile, and John you, Deere Equipment Mobile. And you can get it anywhere. You can get it anywhere. Just go to your app store, download Apple, Android, work with your dealer, come here to the show and work with some folks here under the tent, and we'll get you set up. Awesome. I love it. Thanks again for spending some time. It was good to catch up. Thank you. Well, we had a little fun out here, and that's the point of farm shows. I appreciate Delaney allowing us to share some of that fun with you as listeners. So. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow. Maybe we'll get a guest appearance, like we said. Keep this week lively and moving along. Absolutely. Lots to talk about this week. We've got a lot of great conversations continuing to come from World Ag Expo and elsewhere. But Tanner, if they want to follow us on social media, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ag News Daily to continue the conversation. With that, Tanner, hope you have a great rest of your day out there in Tulare. And what do you say we let the listeners go? Thank you. And let's let them go.